this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Want some bacon? No, man. I don't eat pork. Are you Jewish? Nah, I ain't Jewish. I just don't dig on swine. That's all. Why not? Pigs are filthy animals. I don't eat filthy animals. Yeah, but bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. Hey, sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I'd never know because I wouldn't eat filthy motherfucker. Pigs sleep and root and shit. That's a filthy animal. I need nothing that ain't got some sense enough to disregard its own feces. How about a dog? A dog eats its own feces. I don't eat dog either. Yeah, but do you consider a dog a filthy animal? I wouldn't go so far as to call a dog filthy, but they're definitely dirty. But a dog's got personality. Personality goes a long way. Ah, so by that rationale, if a pig had a better personality, he would cease to be a filthy animal. Is that true? We'd have to be talking about one charming mother pig, like Floyd Rosedale. We're talking Pulp Fiction on the Pot of Dreams. Miramax Films is proud to present one of the most celebrated motion pictures of the year. The winner of the 1994 Palme d'Or. The best picture of the Cannes Film Festival. Come on, let's get in character. I'm so interested in big man's wife. Well, he's going into town of Florida and he asked me if I take care of him while he's gone. Take care of him? I do believe Marcellus, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. I love you so much, can't count on Whether or not you can maintain loyalty. Night of the fight, you may feel a slight sting. Pride only hurts, it never helps. In the fifth, your ass goes down. I have to say, play with matches, you get burned. We could have sacrifice for this kind of deal. We're in a lot of danger, aren't we? I'm prepared to scout the earth for that Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Get down, get down. You got a corpse in a car, minus a head in the garage. Take me to it. Don't you hate that? Hate what? Uncomfortable silences. John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, Maria de Medeiros, Bing Rames, Eric Stoltz, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher Walker, and Bruce Willis. Looking at something, friend? Ain't my friend looking. Die, you mother! A new film. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. Pulp Fiction. You really thinking about quitting? Most definitely. Of course you're going to do that. Basically, I'm just going to walk the earth. What you mean walk the earth? You know, like Kane in Kung Fu. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Pod of Dreams. If you listen, we will pod. This is Ben and Eric talking. Our favorite movies of all time, we have reached number one for me, which is Pulp Fiction, my all-time favorite movie. We've counted down from five to one. This is my number one. And 
And we will reveal what Ben's number one is at the end of the podcast. But today we're talking mine. 1994's Pulp Fiction. Ben, what are your thoughts? Hi, Eric, so oftentimes I, I need to ask you, um, why do you like this movie? Why is it important to you? I That's just, it's so unnecessary to ask this question. I, I know exactly why you love this movie. This is one of the, this is maybe the coolest movie ever. It's just pure distilled coolness. It's I see, very, I, I'll push okay. back on that. I, okay. I, I mean, it is cool, and there's a lot of cool, like, I think cool directing choices, but are any of the characters cool? I'm sorry, you don't think Sam Jackson's character... Let's let's start there. You don't think Sam Jackson's character is cool as shit? He's, he's funny, he's charming, and he's terrifying. He's also pretty fucking weird. Um... But I wouldn't necessarily like like wh- what do you I mean like, what's cool what does cool mean to you like is Elvis co- the coolest guy ever like what's that's what Tarantino would say he would say Elvis is the bar for cool uh, well, uh, that's a generational thing right I mean I Elvis was a guy that was you know died on the toilet like that I heard about when I was a kid uh, so no Elvis isn't the bar for for cool and and well, Tarantino might think that but that's Samuel fine. J- Samuel Jackson is he's a revelation in this movie and and I want to spend a lot of time talking about how amazing he is he's oh I've, so I've seen this movie I mean more times than I can count he, sure. every, every time I watch it and particularly this last time he stands out as like holy fucking shit this guy is incredible. I mean, yeah, we, we talk about the, some of the greatest performances. We talked about uh, Marlon Brando, Heath Ledger. Like, I think Jules, uh, Samuel Jackson as Jules, is one of literally the all-time greatest performances by any actor in the history of movies. I well, I, maybe I, he's the best performance in this movie. He's every every second he's in. I just it, to me he looks so cool. I don't I don't know that I think he's that weird that you that you do. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how weird he is really. He says but he's going to walk the earth and get into adventures like Kung Fu. Like, what? that's a weird fucking thing to say to to his his buddy, his, his crime buddy. Could anybody say those lines in a more cool way? Probably not. Okay, that's the cool... So, it's not even about the characters. I know you, we, we get fixated on characters. I'll, there's so many scenes, if I step back and think about it for a, a second, it's really probably not that cool what's happening. But everything that happens, the way they talk and the way they do stuff, is cool. Uh, See again, this is this uh, this is where I push back, man. I think I I think the conversations they have are pretty fucking weird, and the the, cool. the things they talk. See that that's a that's a that's a label that I think Tarantino gets, and I think it's unfair because I don't think I don't think that's true. I think he's trying to be cool. And, and he's trying to have his characters, but I don't I don't necessarily think that that's the the, the way I would describe this movie is it's oh it's just cool it's a cool movie that that I, I don't think that's correct I, 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 I well I, I, I disagree like when you hear Tim Roth's conversation at the beginning they have this Bonnie and Clyde kind of relationship fine but oh look at the way he's thinking about robbing stuff they're really thinking it through and they decide to rob a diner and the way they talk mm-hmm. is. "Quote unquote cool." From my vantage point, I, this can be a subjective thing, Eric. I I, I don't know. I, I it's interesting to me. I, I see this and think, and especially earlier, I, I've changed. I'm a middle-aged dude now, 
when I was younger, it's like this is there's nothing cooler than to be one of these characters. See, I think I think that's what it is. Is Tarantino wrote this as a young man? All it's it's funny because all of the for the majority, most of the actors are in their like late thirties or forties. Like the cast across the board is not there's not like young people. Tarantino sure. is probably the youngest actor in the whole movie, but like it, they talk as if they're young people, and that's what I think it is. You see someone like like Travolta or Bruce Willis who are, I think they're like 38, 39, 40 when they made this movie, but they're talking like a 20 year old, which is what maybe what you're relaying to is that they're, they're sounding cool. And they have conversations about interesting things. I mean, the things they're talking about having an uh, interesting conversation doesn't inherently make them cool, No, but I, it's the, it's the Caden and it's the way they talk about it. It's an interesting conversation about mundane topics in a way that I perceived as cool and still do. Um, whether we're talking about how do we rob something or, you know, what's the best way to rob? Let's think logically about the best place to rob. Okay. We think it's a diner talking about whether or not a massage is kind of like quasi cheating. Where's the line on what, what is respectable behavior with another man's wife? Um, ain't even the same fucking sport talking about drugs talking about heroin um and what's good heroin and that's cool to you that's cool talking about heroin and no i said the way it happens it's just it's about the way everything happens he makes things that i don't think are cool sound and feel cool that to me that's what's in my head i think okay this is about as cool as you could make a heroin conversation sound um this restaurant which can't possibly exist in the real world whatever that is Jackrabbit Slims, like I, I don't. I, is it a, is it a real restaurant or is it just made up for the movie? I have no idea. I probably should know that. Um, I assume I, it's fake because it's it'd be such a ridiculous. I can't even imagine like what the overhead is and how difficult it would be to have a restaurant like that. And it didn't seem to make any sense. It's the coolest way to have like a diner experience with all these old movie references. Largest chunk of the budget, one hundred and fifty thousand, went to creating the Jackrabbit Slim set. Yeah. Okay. It was built that, in a Culver City warehouse. Got it. That that makes sense because it didn't seem plausible. But okay, you're gonna have this restaurant, and it's the coolest version of that kind of restaurant. I'm not saying those kinds of restaurants are cool. It's the coolest version of that but kind in, of. In 1990, is that a cool place to go hang out? I, I again, it, it doesn't matter whether the thing is actually cool. It's you could not have a cooler version of whatever that thing is. Is my whole point. That's it's. Not that the See, I, you're using the term cool in a way that I think it has a negative connotation. And you you use that to describe this movie. And I I just I don't I, I don't think it's that's not negative correct. to me. I you, you're that's bizarre that you're adding this projecting this negativity on it and pushing back, as you say, against it, because it's not negative. It's what I love about it. Um, there's not really any characters other than Jules that I particularly like. Um, they're all kind of shitty in various ways. And again, Jules is still shitty, um, but he's just, it's just like peak Sam Jackson. And side note, Sam Jackson, he's going to play a, just such a pathetic character in Jackie Brown, and it's great anyway. And it's just a totally different kind of character. Um, and he does a great job in Jackie Brown too, but that's beside the point. I, I like it. I, this is why I loved the movie when I first saw it. I don't know how old I was when I saw it. I mean, Did it's you, see I, it? you didn't see it in the theater, right? Oh, no, I was 10. There's absolutely no way. Um, and it's a movie I saw, like, scenes from before I saw the full movie. Like, 
the dancing scene at Jackrabbit stuff. Like that whole like dance competition is ludicrous. They'd have a dance competition every night. I it doesn't make it. it looks cool. Everybody was doing it. Everybody was referencing it. I got the references. I mean, this movie gets referenced in Space Jam uh, of all the movies. They do a they, there's a Pulp Fiction reference in Space Jam of all the movies. Um, it, it's like how you would dance if you were a cool person dancing. Like it's not See, they're not articulating. I we're talking. This is the relevant to the subject that we're talking about. Why do you like this movie? It's not because it's cool. You think he's trying to be cool and he fails at being cool. What why about do, it? Do you? Why like? do I, I think it's the, one of the funniest movies ever ever oh. made. Okay. I, I think so. Recently, listened to a podcast from Tarantino who's talking a little bit about the production of this movie and how like it went, it got kicked around by a different couple different studios. I think actually Danny DeVito was one of the like people that shepherded from one studio to another. And he told a story about like I can't remember what what major studio that they pitched the movie to, and they were like this this is like really violent like there's this is like really graphic and violent after reading the script and he's like yeah but do you think it's funny and they were like what do you mean he's like it's a comedy do you do you think the movie's funny and they were like what are you talking about and he he then he passed because he's like if you don't get that this is a comedy then you're we're not making it with you and and that having here heard him say that was such a revelation to me because everything in this movie leads it's a bit to a joke like literally everything even the the bing rames getting ass raped is really just to lead up to i'm about to get medieval on his ass is that pretty fucking far from okay that is hilarious i'm pretty are we okay i'm pretty fucking far from okay like okay i mean whether or not you think that's like good humor or whatever i that i guess that i don't care that it's in poor taste that doesn't read to me as a joke it reads to me as like I'm going to get medieval on your ass doesn't make me laugh. It's like, oh, fuck. That guy's going to be really goddamn in a lot of pain. He's about to spend but every also, bit of his also the, life in agonizing mother... Also, the scene where Bruce Willis is picking out the weapons and he sees the sword and he decides to come back. I think it's all it's all a payoff for a bit. Like, again, whether or not you think it's funny, I don't know. Maybe maybe that... that I, it's interesting. That, that I've never... Like, there's a couple of... This is totally not really... So when Bruce Willis is leaving the, like, BDSM dungeon and he bangs his knee, was that in the script? Or was that just, like... No, he's uh, limping. He was limping, and then he limps out of the... Oh, but he bangs... He bangs his knee, he goes, ow! And he, he bumbles his knee in the way out. Well, I... Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I think he was hurt from the car accident. He's limping the whole time after the car accident. I know, accident. but he literally, I, I, he bangs oh, his I, knees as I he's leaving, is what I, I'm saying. Like, you see it, it's off in the distance. You can't really see it. And he goes, ah, he like bumps it or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it didn't look, it looked like maybe it was possibly a gag. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I laugh because I'm uncomfortable. Like, uh, there's a woman after Butch runs past being rames and he's pulling the glass out and being rames is stumbling around and he shoots just some poor woman in the leg like yeah uh, she's like an extra or whatever like she doesn't have any lines that i can remember and she just screams and i laugh because i'm uncomfortable isn't it kathy griffith kathy griffin no no she's in there she's She's like like a shot right yeah i'll I'll testify against you that man ran over you like bad she's being being rames but then there's another woman checking on bruce willis who's like dazed and coming out of the car and she gets shot by Ving Rhames. Um, and I always feel bad for you. So I do kind of an anxious cause I'm just like, Oh man, 
that looked like she really got hit with a bullet, and that would really fucking suck. That would ruin your day. I'm just saying, like, the whole whole scene with Butch with the pocket watch, that was all just a gag, that it was having Christopher Walken talk about, I held on my ass for five months. He's reading that line. It it builds up to that line. It's all just a joke. It's all a gag. And and that's I I mean you might disagree you might not think it's funny I think this is one of the funniest movies ever and I think it's hilarious. Oh, see, and, it's not Big Lebowski to me at all. It's not even close to Big Lebowski on the comedy scale. I mean, this is. Like but it, saying, it does such a great job of also intermixing like really serious heavy shit like heroin overdose and ass raping and like I mean there's like really heavy stuff in this movie, but I think also intermixing these jokes and gags that make it. Just so, pure entertainment. I'm gonna entertainment. I get like I'm gonna get medieval, and you're like, do you hear him say that? And that made you laugh. Like, oh, that's funny. Like, yeah, I think that's a funny ass thing to say when you're about to kill these guys. Oh, see, I get thought some it, blow torches and some pliers and get medieval on his ass. That's, I thought it was a scary hilarious. and cool way to say that. Like, that was so ominous. See, I see. That's that's what it is. That I just put my finger on it. You're intermixing cool. And I think Tarantino is thinking that's supposed to be funny. Every time you've described this as cool, I think it's really just supposed to be funny. It's a, it's comical. That's not how it works for me. I don't no, know. Okay. I don't. I don't laugh. I look and think, man, that's a fucking cool way to say something that you're gonna torture a guy. Like I'm not like, ha, 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 ha. no belly laugh. Like, oh man. That was such a fucking scary and cool way to describe what he's about to do. When that when guy. Jules the. I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Like, that's serious. But then he goes right back into his bits about cor- the burgers, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. Well, like, he's, la- he's fucking about to with kill them. those guys. It's scary. It's but not he's funny. fucking with them. He's, it's, he's, Before he kills them, it's obvious he's going to kill them from the get-go. And it's like... The whole idea of shooting Marvin in the head, that was just a gag. That was just all built up for comedy. That, that he shoots Marvin and now they have to hide the car and they got to clean the blood. It's all That's all a gag. That's all a, a it's a skit in the movie and it's hilarious. I, I mean, it's, that, it's weird and random and it, I, don't, I don't have any uh, like likes, comparisons in movies that I've ever seen where like that happens and then they, it's set Jules, of, I'm a race car and I'm in the red. And it's like, well, I'm a fucking mushroom cloud laying motherfucker. Every time I touch brain, I'm about to explode. In fact, why am I here cleaning this shit up? You should be back here. Like that whole interaction with winston and cleaning up the brain and that, it's it's hilarious ah they're your clothes motherfucker like that whole situation it, it uh, all i'm saying is is that unlocks something for me when i watch this movie is like tarantino who i think is the the greatest modern screenwriter ever i i would argue i mean maybe even greatest just period sure and it, it's all he's all writing jokes these are all just jokes and and I, I think the movie also does touch on some like cool themes like loyalty really comes up over and over again in this movie. And I think the movie is like sort of if you wanted to find like a overarching theme or idea that this movie has. I think it's definitely about loyalty, even loyalty among evil people. And I, I think the end dialogue that Jules has when he's explaining it to Tim Roth, what that Bible quote means, where he's like, you know, I'm the shepherd and, you know, my gun's the whatever. He's like, that's not true. The truth is you're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil men, but I'm trying. <laughs> like, I think that's really like what what this movie's trying to say just about 
the evils of the world and the people like that, the criminals and the the. Oh, see, I don't read any themes in it whatsoever. I mean, I've never have. It's always been just a really fun movie to watch. I have fun watching it. I don't laugh a ton. I just think, oh, this is a really good time. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying this experience immensely. I'm enjoying the conversations. Um, I'm enjoying these weird scenarios. You, you don't think it's funny where they're sitting there and she's telling, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to kill anybody. And he's like, I know, honey bunny. It's like, well, r- let's rob this place. And then she just gets up. I'll execute every one of you motherfuckers. Like, you don't find that funny. I, I mean, the surprise that, that doesn't happen anymore. I already know that like, it, and maybe the first time it was like, whoa, I can't believe she exploded. And she went from like sweet and tender to like crazy screaming. Um, but I mean, I know it's coming. It's the, the, the surprise. Oh man, doesn't there. I mean, I know she's going to start screaming in a second and it's going to freeze frame and cut and go to the, the next, the title I, I sequence or whatever. Like you're saying, uh, cool, cool. I also think it's a, like an inherently weird movie. Like it is so strange. But see, the, the weird stuff that happens, it, it seems and it's cool, and that it's taking and in that it's doing all this weird stuff and doesn't really have. I mean, there are these little narrative threads, and there's something about his soul or what. I mean, like I don't really care. Yeah, the briefcase, the plot, like what a weird thing. The, that... plot, the plot doesn't matter though. The briefcase doesn't ultimately really matter. It's just it's a MacGuffin. Really, uh, you know, it doesn't. It's it's irrelevant. Um, I, I enjoy. That's part of what makes it so fun and throwaway is that there's just these vignettes that tie together vaguely, but there is no grand plot. I mean, he calls it Pulp Fiction at the beginning. It's like a reference. But that's to, even a joke because the first the first like definition is like pulp, like moist juice, like and then actual, you know, and the, then a magazine that right. is. Or but that's yes. again that's all just a joke like you're supposed to read that and think that's funny i think that's that's my read on it oh i don't know maybe to me i it's the thesis of the movie this is what we're doing we're this is going to be tasteless and uh you know not about anything serious so i mean i don't i don't take this tone of this movie too seriously but i also don't read it as comedy this is going to be throwaway violent silly gore and crazy scenarios where you have it. Like even Jules describes Harvey Keitel's character as cool, man. Is he the coolest motherfucker ever? Like in there, even when you were fucking with him, he didn't really react. I mean, literally have another character describing another character who did seem pretty cool. As cool as you can make Harvey Keitel. He's the one guy in the movie that I would agree that, that he's designed to just be cool. Like he's cool. He, he takes care of the, you know the situation and he he's just cool as shit like and the, yeah then so he calls it out but i wouldn't say anybody else in the movie is cool i mean ving rames is tough and cool in that way but then we see him get debased and he have a ball gag and get ass raped like um right but could you have a cooler response after somebody rapes you step aside shoots him in the balls and even the way he's like there is no me and you two things you know You've lost your LA privileges. Yes. I mean, the way he talks, every time Bing Rames is incredibly cool. Um, the way he tries to convince Bruce Willis to, like, hey, see, that's good writing pride. doesn't make it cool. Like, it, again, I don't think everybody who's a good writer is cool. Quentin Tarantino has a particular style. I'm talking about Quentin Tarantino's writing. Yeah. I'm talking about every great writer ever. I don't think great writing is synonymous with cool. Right. I know. That's what. That's my point. I think you're using cool in a, in a, 
negative I'm connotation. I'm saying that's how I perceive it. Well, you can perceive it that way. This is a movie I love. My God, I, when I reviewed it on my why a five out of five stars. I call it cool. I call it throwaway and fun, elegant, awesome, incredibly well-made trash. Cool and throwaway and trash are not three words I would use to describe something that I think is very that I, that I like a lot and means a lot to me. That's just all. That's well. Me. First of all, this is your. You can like it for whatever reason you want. We're talking about my taste here, so whatever I'm describing. This is. I, I say I call it shallow, trashy, shameless, low-grade art that is put together with much love and skill. That's exactly how I feel about this movie. Uh, it's fun. I am not like denigrating it. You seem to think that's derogatory. I, I'm not meaning it in a derogatory way. I John Travolta's character is like a heroin addict junkie who basically kills people for a mobster. Like it, he's kind of a schlubby, like middle-aged guy too. Like, I, is there a cooler version? How would you make that character any more cool than John just Travolta? Cause, just because John Travolta is cool and he can I dance. I don't think John Travolta's cool at all. In fact, he's I know you're not a big like fan of John Travolta. Of We've learned my, that my on this is, podcast. How would you make a middle-aged guy that works for a hitman? Any more cool? His whole exchange, um, yeah, he's a heroin addict. I, I don't I see. see I, how, I think I don't want his life. Cool doesn't mean I want their life or I want to be these people. Like that's not what cool. Well, what means. do you mean by cool? Then please explain that to me. What like define what you mean by cool in this in the terms of let this me, movie? Let me let me. I'm gonna Google the definition of cool. I mean, it doesn't. What do is, you mean? What like what are you when you say cool? Like what are you what are you meaning? Like there wouldn't be a way to be these characters in a way that is, uh, it's hard to describe, like somehow indifferent, stylish, um, make it look as appealing as possible, and and sorry, but just because you make something that's shitty look as appealing as you possibly can doesn't mean the thing is ultimately appealing. What I mean, like it, it's got this certain cool aesthetic style. This like indifference and like sharp quality, um, like it doesn't give a shit, like it doesn't care about anything, and it looks desirable on its surface in a shallow way. Okay. Nobody has too many real emotions. I mean, they have emotions, but do we see Ving Ving Rams isn't crying? He's bloody. Because he's a fucking gangster. Like he's not like that make that seems real to me. Like that guy's not gonna cry. He wants to fucking kill these guys. Like And John Travolta isn't gonna cry. And uh, you know, Samuel. John Travolta when 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 Mia is ODing, he is literally losing his mind. Because he knows he's gonna die if she dies. He's he's also he also cares about her. Like there's a there's this definitely a piece where he right, feels responsible cool he was falling for her and his loyalty was in question with his boss and he didn't cross the line because he's cool much like brad pitt didn't go for the jailbait and once upon a time in hollywood because he's cool this cool and, guy. And, and you say that in that negative way see uh, this is this is why we're arguing about it because i i think you're using cool in a way that is it's a cop out in a way to to not necessarily describe how you actually feel about these characters in this movie, and you're using it in a way that I think is negative. But we just, we've harped on that point. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah, the one I, thing I, one thing I wanted to say. Negative. I love this movie. So I this remember. I remember when this movie came out. So I was like 12, 
like probably 11, 12 years old. And I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it. And my mom would not let me see this movie in the theater because there was this like, because it came out at Cannes, won the Palm Door, right? So it was like a festival, like, uh, darling of a movie. And then I, what, when did it, it was released later, I think, right? Like right around Christmas, right? Or, or was it maybe like a summer movie? I can't remember the, I don't know. like when it was released. But um, I remember there was just all, the, yeah, May, it came out, uh, or so, no, October in the U.S. So it was, yeah, like the fall. Um, there there was like this this sort of, because there wasn't the internet, you know, or the, and I was a little kid, really. But there was the talk about how violent this movie was and grotesque and like offensive. And, you know, there's the rape scene was like the thing. And that was like my why my mom just like wouldn't let us watch it. And I look back on it and it's like, it really is pretty shocking. Like when you think about modern, like if this movie came out right now and they're like, there's a major, if Tarantino put out a movie, he would, which he never would at his age now where there's like, you got white people being racist as shit. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of racism, a lot of racism in this movie. And, and you love this movie, but you don't love the racism. I assume. I don't I don't love racism. I'm against racism. I will say there's some there feels a little bit of realism the way that these the characters talk to each other that like um that obviously I don't like hearing it. I, so I think the racism is authentic is what as, you're saying. They're aside from the Tarantino cameo which we'll talk about. I, I think his whole character and what he says is just stupid and shouldn't be in the movie. It doesn't add anything. It's it's really bad. It it is. It's bad. It gets worse every time I watch it. It's just it really bad. And, and he's really bad in it, no, too. He's a bad like, actor. He is yeah. just a bad actor. He's a bad actor. And, it, you know, and what See, he, he said. He can't make the line say cool. Like, no. he can't. Like, he, he sticks out like a sore thumb because he can't get the words out in a way that But he's reading cool. his lines that you just said are all cool when 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 Samuel Jackson. The lines are or, cool, but it's the whole movie is cool. It's not just it's the way that it's he's shot. He's the least the cool in the whole movie. Like he's a bad actor. If you swap Samuel L. Jackson for any other, there's a billion actors you could swap it in and the movie would be less cool. You could shoot this movie in a different way and it would be less cool. You could swap a bunch of actors out and the movie would be less cool. It's not just the dialogue. The dialogue is a huge part of it, but it's got this. But like Christopher Walken's character is super racist, right? The stuff he says about Vietnam, but sure, like a Vietnam, a Vietnam vet probably would talk that way right don't you think i mean sure that his is the most plausible tim roth's character this british guy speaks that way okay or whatever his nationality is in this um eric stoltz okay he's uh, and then i mean they're all less bad because they're all competent actors reading the lines so they don't stick out as egregiously but like, as a monologue. With you the would worst never the see that in a netflix movie now right there would never be a and netflix it, movie that where they talk where there's like white people just being casually racist. No. And it just it's wouldn't tough. exist. And like the the way that the black characters talk to each other, like you don't see that much in movies anymore either, where they're throwing around racial slurs back and forth. Like it just you just don't see that in movies anymore. And you, and you didn't really see it back then either. You know what I mean? Like I think that that's part of what I guess the point I was making is like the release of this movie was there was a lot of shock to it. And Tarantino as a younger guy, like that was the thing he was all about was being shocking, pushing the envelope, making it more violent than like it should be. 
which there's there's a few scenes where like like our guy Frank Wally when he gets killed there's like no blood and you don't see anything and I always wonder like was that like a a, a Harvey Weinstein thing where he wanted to cut it to make it less violent so we didn't see blood for the first like hour of the movie it just seems weird because Samuel Jackson shoots him in the arm he also shoots the flock of seagulls guy there's literally not a drop of blood in that whole scene it's weird and then later on we see Marvin's like brains explode and they're sopping up blood in the car well, we it's don't just, see his brains explode but they put the makeup on we don't there's, there's brains in jules hair like there's literally brain yeah, they fragment. put makeup in but we don't actually see the impact on marvin place we see the gun go off there's a we're, scene where he shuts the 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 trunk in his like head there with this yeah, like that's a makeup that's a made-up body i mean, point is we don't see the active shooting we don't see marvin get a shot we see the bullet come out but we don't see it actually impact his head that that's all my point that's just oh. true we don't see it they, we see the after effects. We see what happens because of the shot. We see the impact my, of my the blood point, brains. There's a lot of violence and a lot of blood, but that opening sequence, I, they cut a lot of that out, or they didn't put blood in there. It's just curious to me. It's one of the. It does. It, it looks actually. It throws takes me out of it a little bit. It's like oh, interesting. Frank Wally gets shot and he's holding his arm and there's like no blood. Like what the fuck? Why is there no blood? And the flock seagulls guy, he shoots him on the couch and there's no blood. I mean, he shoots him point blank with it. You know giant handgun and there's no blood i don't know um but i think there was like weinstein i think fought a lot with tarantino to like make this less violent so it would be more like appetizing for the general public yeah that, i mean that could be i um i, I don't know i mean the, the violence is part of it uh, you know when i i'm gonna i know you don't want to get back into it but when i say cool i'm talking about sort of this like aloofness um a nonchalance. All this crazy stuff is happening, but people don't react with shock and awe, except for I mean, even when they shoot Marvin in the face, John Troll doesn't freak out. He's like, oh man, I accidentally shot Marvin in the face. And Sam Jackson gets kind of worked up about it, but then they just coolly problem solve the issue as best as they can. I don't know anybody in this part of town, and they eventually get Wolf, and they just think through it and react not they react to the violence i mean jules is freaking is, out he's dry like you know cops send a notice a thing you know blood stained car but not emotionally it's about getting caught it's about what do we have to do to deal with this well, he's they worried didn't about care him. they didn't care about this this marvin guy like they they're actually also almost... indifferent to murdering like they don't care they're gangsters right they don't it's 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 another day at the office. He's some guy they knew, or he was their inside man. I don't know. I don't know what Marvin's relationship is to Jules in this movie, because John Travolta asks how many people was in there before they go in the building, and Jules says three or four, and he's like, "Does that include your guy?" And he says, "I don't know." Maybe, yeah. And then they says, "This we guy shot of yours for this shit." Yeah. He's like, "I'd knock that shit out if I was you, Marvin." Um, yeah, and he lines out. He's like, "Why? Yeah, why didn't you tell us there was a guy or the hand?" So they have some yeah. sort of connection. I don't know what it is. It doesn't really matter. So I mean, they have a pat. I mean, they didn't want to kill him, but if I accidentally shot somebody, I I would react very differently. I yeah, wouldn't react in a cool way. A, a guy who's like you were saying, who's like executes people as a profession. His idea of the value of life is different than yours. You but know? everybody acts in the Uma Thurman almost dies of a heroin overdose, and she's obviously like, frothing at the mouth and all this other stuff. We jump from the adrenaline shot, but he just kind of nonchalantly walks and then just tells the joke that she didn't want to tell earlier. The, the catch up joke. That's just good writing, man. I I think you're, you're conflating. I don't think it's bad. Cool, cool this is good your writing. thing that it being cool is a problem. 
you you've heard me criticize stuff for being cool too much and now you can't grasp that it can be an asset or it can be really good I like no, that people I think, are reacting. I think you're, you're limiting it. You, you, it's a way that you. It's a way to describe it where it limits its value. I don't that think it's this movie just cool. is high That's art. I don't think cool. it has a thesis. I think this is just pure fun. I, I maybe Tarantino had some deep thing. I'm going to really talk about the nature of loyalty. Maybe I don't know if that was in his head. I, I don't care about that stuff. None of that themes resonated with me. It's it's just so fun to watch these people in these situations doing this stuff. And not acting like I mean they're acting but like I, movie characters I in think ways the, that the filmmaking adds a lot to what you're saying. Like w- why it feels so cool is because of how it's filmed, and I think the music adds a lot to that too. Like of course the soundtrack like the, is it, the way it, she it, jumps insane. up, I'll execute every one of you fuckers, and then it that stops, it freezes, and then it has that guitar playing. The <laughs> yeah, it, and then the credits huh. roll like. That's huh. a cool uh, ass way. That's a just and then a, it cuts to Jungle Boogie yeah. a little bit later. No, but, yeah, great. and then they're in the car talking it does, about literally does ro- a record scratch. Royale yeah. with cheese and shit. Like that is a cool ass transition. Like in that way, I get what you're saying. Like that, but that's the filmmaking. Where it's, just it's like, everything. T- it's everything. It's not just the writing. You're fixated on that. The writing is part of it. You could write this movie very differently, and it would be it wouldn't work on the same level. It all works together. It's the acting, the filmmaking. Um, the structure of it themselves, um, the scenes, the settings, all of it is what it's not just the words like that's part of it. And you're fixated on that. But that's not my only point. Obviously, the example of Quentin Tarantino's lines, it could go badly. If Quentin Tarantino played every role in this movie, it would not be cool. It would just be bizarre and it wouldn't work and it'd be terrible. Like it's everything. I, I You think this is like besmirching it. It's very difficult to make a movie like he's making. It's exceedingly a movie that's pure fun, and it's almost about nothing. I mean, it's about little things, but it's also not really about anything. And have it be fun and interesting and be this weird when you think about the plot and what's happening for even a second. I mean, this was a popular movie. It, like, absolutely just echoed throughout all of pop culture. I don't know how much it still does, but in the 90s, late 90s, this was referenced... In the playground, even when I hadn't seen the movie, people were saying, I'm going to get medieval on your ass on the basketball court or whatever. Like, I hadn't even seen the movie, but I heard that expression before I saw this. I I, I don't mean it negative in this context, other than maybe the way he makes casual racism sound cool. I don't like that. And that sounds worse and worse to me um, every time I watch it. But the Tarantino himself monologue is the, is the worst. But uh, Martin Scorsese did, did it in... Uh, Taxi Driver 2, which is also really bad. He's got his own racist monologue. His is less egregious because he's a slightly better actor. Um, but I, I don't mean it in a bad way. This is where I, I'm going to push back on your... I'm not being pejorative. I, I don't know that anybody else in history could have ever made a movie like this. And when I think of some of his other movies, they don't... I mean, he goes a different direction. But when I think of like Death Proof, for example... Death Proof is kind of his worst tendencies, and it's just not quite a cool movie. It's a little, it just doesn't work. Everything's not perfect balance, not structured perfectly. It's not as fun to look at. We've got like just two, you know, like we have that whole scene in the bar, and then we have the driving, and then there's the later on when they finally kill Kurt Russell's character. Uh, it doesn't work as well. I like Jackie Brown because um, it's a little more mature, and there's a little bit more plausibility with some of the characters. And we also get characters who aren't cool, like Robert De Niro and Sam Jackson are incredibly not cool in Jackie Brown. But nobody else could make this kind of movie. That's my whole point. Like, this is 
pure distilled coolness, and I don't mean that pejoratively. You really think I'm I'm trying to besmirch it. Nobody else could make this movie, and it wouldn't get made now, and it probably couldn't have gotten made 20 years before it actually got made. Only Quentin Tarantino could make this movie, and it's extremely fun. I don't know. I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I don't know how to convince you that I don't hate this movie or think I'm limiting it by calling it cool. So It's awesome. The movie is there's three primary storylines and there's like seven narrative sequences where it has the thing where it's the diner, uh, Vincent Vega and Marcellus Wallace's wife, Vincent, and then the gold watch, the Bonnie situation, and then back to the diner. So it's really like three, three kind of primary storylines that intersect at different sure. like timeline or different uh, chronological sequences. Do you, do you think that like I know we we've talked about Christopher Nolan and like how how he's he does that in a lot of his movies where nothing's ha- like Dunkirk's a good example where things aren't happening at the same time. Do you do you think that that adds to this movie? Um, you know, after you've seen it many times, it w- I wouldn't want it to be linear. It works better that it's not linear. And I think so tr- too. I it's think not so trying too. too hard. It's not like uh, Christopher Nolan sort of was like, ooh, look at me, I'm making a point about narrative structure and meaning sometimes and it's like it's it's not not cool enough christopher nolan's not cool it's like okay we get it you've been doing this for a while i get it you're interested in time and narrative structure and whatever okay you're still into it that's fine tarantino's not making a point he's using it to just kind of like we're really not thinking about a plot here this is just kind of episodic pulpy like a little short trashy story in a magazine but come to life some like low-grade stuff that he probably read when he was a kid which is fine so, uh, uh, which actually looked into it. So the book that Vincent Vega is reading is, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's this like pulp comic, um, about this like woman detective or something, which I thought was kind of interesting. Cause he, he's reading it. Like he had, he's, he has it set out there or no, he's, he's reading when he walks out of the bathroom and butch shoots him. And then he has it when he, uh, they're at the diner. He's like, I gotta go take a shit. And he's sitting there reading the book, but. I thought that was a kind of a cool like callback to what the movie is. It's the sort of pulp comic y. Yeah. And, and, I don't yeah. And I don't like the structure in like, oh, it's a profound way, but there's stuff you can do, like the stuff with jewels, they don't get hit, right? They they get missed at pretty close range, and neither one gets hit with a bullet, and Jules interprets that as a divine intervention. Um John Travolta says, whatever, man, I you know it's just a freak occurrence. It can happen. There's nothing divine about it, and he carries on. Presumably, Jules goes off and does his kung fu adventure thing. Fine. John Travolta doesn't see it that way, and he gets shot coming out of a shitter by his own gun. So you can read whatever you want about divine intervention if you want, and souls sold. Who cares? I don't care about any of that stuff, but that's there if you really want to chew on it. Um, no, it works that there are these vignettes. It works, and yeah, there's a structure. They all live in the same universe. I just they, think narr- narratively, like, it starts with this th- these guys robbing this diner and you're like oh that's fucking cool like and then we don't see that for the rest of the movie and then we come back where our main characters <laughs> just have like you don't see them in the diner in the beginning but they're there they're having their own conversation about fucking pork and bacon and all that sure. and then just it's sort of just the the bookend of that i think is just worth it just for that because it really i I really love that when you see that they're in the diner and you're like oh shit you know honey buddy he's about to pull his gun and execute everyone it's set up a really crazy thing because you hear him say garcon and you're like oh they're gonna be in the diner when they're robbing it 
how's that going to play out when these and two- then you can see it yeah. and you get to see the whole fucking it's one that says bad motherfucker and like be cool Yolanda I mean it's just and he Samuel Jackson keeps his cool gives him the $1,500 buying something gives him a speech and nobody gets killed and they just walk out I, I, did, I did chuckle that when they were walking around they walk out and they look around and all the people in the diner, they're like, nobody knows what to make of what they just saw. Yeah. And they put their guns in their guns little shorts. In their shorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and out. there is a meta moment, I think, when like Tarantino's spraying them, the blood off in the backyard, and then they put his clothes on. I do think there's a little bit of Tarantino. Like, I made John Travolta and Sam Jackson have to wear these really, really unflattering clothes and put it in a major movie. I mean, think there's a little bit of like... Yeah. You look like a co- I made him look like a couple of dorks. And they're your clothes, motherfucker. That's the, like, you know, these these putting on their personality, his personality, you know, in that sure. way. Sure. Um but I, I you know, I Do I, you I, have I, a favorite of the storylines? Like if if you could separate them, which one do you think is like the most entertaining or cool? Well, the least I definitely the least one is Bruce Willis. I mean, I yeah. like the 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 watch story's fine. His relationship with whatever the woman's name is doesn't do as much for me. Yeah. Their little cutesy talk is a little bit... See, that doesn't feel cool. He tries. They have weird, aloof conversations, right? They they say things weirdly. They, she talks about how she wants a pot belly. Which talks about blueberry. And they, they have a weird cadence, but it doesn't quite register as cool or funny to me that much. So I don't, I don't like their relationship so much. That's like French new wave bullshit, right? Isn't it where they just have these like weird innocuous conversations that don't. Oh, sure. But the guy like, well, his production company is called the band apart, which is one of the new wave films from like yeah. the fifties or the French films. And he loves those movies that you would probably hate. Uh, and I don't really like them much either. I find them like really Fellini tedious. or some shit like that. Is this that? isn't Fellini. It's French. So it's like Jean-Luc Godard. Godard yeah. Breathless, right? I, Breathless I, I, I had one. to turn that shit off, man. I, yeah. that movie, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you would hate it. I mean, he's got a sci- uh, Godard has a sci-fi movie called Alphaville and it's pure abstraction. I just uh, like, it, I've seen these movies. I've seen it's a band like, apart. When is this going to go anywhere? And it, it never doesn't does. go anywhere. It never does. And I don't think this movie ultimately goes anywhere. It's just more violent and fun and poppy than like a French movie. This is like an American. No, but like Jules has an arc. Like he has, like sure. you're saying, he, if you just looked at his character, like he has that he's this gangster. He comes to a revelation that this life isn't his anymore. And he, he changes like he has an actual character. I guess Vega does too. Like, uh, you know, sort of. in, in a gets, negative way, yeah. But Bruce Willis just gets away with it. But he, I mean, he makes a moral choice to save. Um, he's even loyal to the to the man that was trying to kill him. And well, I don't know this loyalty. I mean, I do think he's like, all right, what's the right thing he's to do? Loyal he to the com- his common man. It's like he's in this situation with me, and it's a pretty fucking awful situation. So I'm gonna murder him, or I'm gonna kill the guys that are doing it. Um. But yeah, the, I mean, that's my least favorite. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I really like the other two the most. I mean, it'd be very, very tough between the other two because I like them a lot. I, I love the whole date and everything about I, I was going to say the date. The date is so – it's one of the parts of the movie that, like, I always forget how much I enjoy that. Like, that's a $5 shake. You don't put bourbon nothing in that. Like, I, that whole sequence is amazing. And But, but did you laugh? Yeah, fucking. The, this, I don't know if it's worth five dollars. Pretty fucking good shake. Like every time I watch that, I laugh. It's hilarious. Uh, but I, I even like the way they are attuned to conversations. Like, well, now you've built it up too much. Now I can't possibly tell you, or you you can't. I can't promise to not be offended because I don't know what you're gonna say. 
and you know get to like it's this very self-aware dialogue that i love i'm not knocking it it's just good writing different i agree i agree i do think the writing's good i you think i think it's not he it tarantino's writing is not always this good this is the best version of like a stereotypical quentin tarantino movie this is this is everything he'd want to do and i mean it gets to me if he uses his humor it's fine the humor doesn't land for me so much um it doesn't play like that and i guess maybe uh in my friend group people didn't see this movie and like laugh i don't remember very few people laughing at the movie it's more just like oh you see what's happening this is pretty crazy um kind of next time you watch it if you ever do again think of it like think of it like a comedy and i will watch this movie again so just yeah you, just bought, you bought the Blu-ray? No, I got no. This is this is like a DVD I got years ago, um, from like a expiring blockbuster. It was it was not fifteen bucks. It was probably like three or something. Um, I love the movie. You seem to think I don't, but um, I, I will watch it again. I don't hate it forever. So um, uh, I, I, I we we talked. I had one other thing I wanted to ask you about. So. The Academy Awards, ni- 1995 for the 1994 year. Best Supporting Actor. Uh, the nominees are Gary Sidis, Forrest Gump, Paul Schofield, Quiz Show, Charles Palminteri, Bullets Over Broadway, Martin Lando, Ed Wood, and Samuel Jackson for Pulp Fiction. And Samuel Jackson does not win for Best Supporting Actor. He does not have an Oscar at this point in time. Like, that is a fucking sh- crying shame. That I think Martin Lando won, right, for Ed Wood? Uh, so you you say this I haven't seen other than Forrest Gump and I do think Sam Jackson should win over Gary Sinise and Forrest Gump I haven't seen any of those other movies I haven't seen all of Ed Wood so I've I seen parts of it. yeah well yeah I've seen bits of it too I've seen the opening a couple of times I haven't seen Quiz Show so I'm gonna wait to get indi- well I'm not gonna get indignant anyway um, Samuel Jackson is a legendary actor and whether he gets an Academy or not is irrelevant to me maybe it's relevant to you but. I, I don't care. He's great. He's great in this movie. He's great in a lot of movies. He's just, and, I mean, we, I, I honestly, I cannot say enough how amazing he, like, it, the magnetism, the way he delivers these lines, like, yeah. he, go, he goes from terrifying to hilarious to charming, like, his, his entire progression, there is not an actor that could have been Jules no. and, like, nailed this. I, I read somewhere that at some point, he Tim Roth was actually he thought Tim Roth would play um, Vega and um, an English actor. Um, he played Winston Ch- Churchill and oh, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman. Cause he was in true romance that they, they would be Jules and Vega and they'd both be English. And he, that was like at one point his, his idea. And uh, <laughs> it's just like, there's no way. I mean, this movie without Samuel Jackson, I mean, it's, I would still love it, but Holy shit. I, I honestly, I cannot say how much I am impressed by him in this movie. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, he should have won, won for this. You mentioned Jackie Brown. I think, I mean, Jackie Brown is, is probably his like second best performance in any movie. And like you said, he wasn't cool. He's cool as shit in Jackie Brown, but he's also like awful and horrible and terrifying. He's, he's like, he's like a, he's like a villain villain in that movie. Yeah, he's charismatic and likable, uh, but um, he's not. I mean, he and he's funny. I laugh more in that movie. That that is some repugnant shit when he says that about the couch and Jackie Brown. I mean, 
He says that in this about I, the brains in the car. He, he's just repeating the line from this movie. But but it works better in the other other context uh, of Jackie Brown. I, I I I he just seems a lot more. He, even his haircut is just awful in Jackie Brown. I mean, he just it looks terrible. Um, it's a weird ratty haircut. He just looks disheveled um, and more pathetic and sad. But it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think it's a great performance. I you can split hairs over this one or uh, Jackie Brown. I don't really care. I love them both. Um, I think they're both great performances. And Sam Jackson, I mean, he's a guy that makes just about every movie he's in better. Um, I mean, he's probably been in a fair amount of shitty movies, but those shitty movies are less shitty because he's in them. The other one that jumps out at me is Uma Thurman. Like, I, I think she is she's great. really amazing in this movie. And and I, I don't think she's, like, cool. I mean, she's kind of cool in the way she talks. And, like, like she. I think she's, like, oh, I think so. attractive. I think she is, but, like... She's also like a obviously a drug addict. She's doing cocaine by herself when he shows up and he's she's watching him and she's also like married to this gangster dude and doing cocaine in the bathroom and snorting whatever is in this other weird guy's pocket that she met for the night. Like she's kind of a degenerate to a certain extent and she's obviously lonely because her boss or or Vega's boss like asked him to take her out. She doesn't have friends. Obviously, there's no one else she could hang out with. So there's there's some sadness to her character, too, which I think Uma Thurman does a great job of portraying. But she's amazing. Incredible actor. Shame yeah. she wasn't like a bigger star. I don't know what happened there. She's in Batman. I don't know. I mean, well, she's in Kill Bill, obviously. She got an accident in Kill Bill, um, fucked up her body. The accident she didn't want to do. And Quentin Tarantino pressure heavily to do it. That's true. Um, but I mean, I don't know. She, I mean, she was in some stuff for a while. I don't know. Um, look it up. But I enjoyed Kill Bill a lot. That movie was all the rage when I was in college. That was when Kill Bill exploded onto the scene, um, and even more violent than this movie. But um, Eric, give me a five out of five. Do it. Do we need to? Yeah, it's a five out of five. It's five out it's of five. My, this is my favorite movie ever. But like favorite, like if you said, "What's your favorite movie?" I would say Pulp Fiction is my favorite. Is this movie. the funniest movie ever for you? Yeah, funniest. Like it, it's just it. Funny, haha! Like it amused you. Yes, yes. Funny, haha! Like I'm a clown and and I amuse you. Yes, I would say yes. I think it's 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 probably one of, if not the funniest movie. Wow, that's interesting. Um, okay, I don't know what to make of that. I, I, I'll, I'll try to watch it sometime again, and think, try to think of it as a comedy. I'll try to say this is a comedy. This is a comedy. It's like, I just... like I said, the, the the whole the whole Christopher Walken speech. Every time I watch that, I'm like, this is just fucking weird. Like, this is a weird thing for him to say to this little kid, and then it dawned on me, it's like. That's a he's it's a joke. It's a he's setting up for the punchline about having it up his ass and you're telling him. Because he plays and, it and straight. Then, and then he hands it to him and the kid's like You just said you just had this in your ass. Like what like what a weird fun and that's funny. Like that, that whole the, the whole thing and that obviously ties into the story because it meant a lot to Bruce Willis's character because it's the only thing that his dad ha- ha- passed on to him and then obviously he has to go back to get it. Um, so it ends up being like a huge plot point in the movie, but I really think that whole story is just a joke. And then there, of course, you know, that part is sure. And he plays it straight. I mean, it sounds something like a character would actually say, 
right? Like he's describing what happened to the watch, the history of the watch. And it sounds like a serious war movie. This is something you have to do. And then he just nonchalantly says, in his ass. And then I had this horrible hunk of metal in my ass for two years or whatever long. And then he just he died of dysentery. Like he just kind of like casually tosses that in there. Yeah, and with a, a certain aloof nonchalance. A very I guess like, like how Uma Thurman has her joke that she has to deliver. She talks about the pilot and the ketchup joke. Like I think that's like what the movie is. It's like just a big setup to get their jokes in. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree. But no, I think it's subjective. It, if it made you laugh and you think these are jokes and you're in on the joke and it's all just a big bit, um, that's fine. I, I see it differently. It does it five out of five for me. And I know you seem to think it'd be, it'd be 20 out of five if it was less cool. I, we have the same rating. You just don't like my subjective interpretation of the film. It's because I've heard you use that cool as a pejorative, like you were saying. With it can be. Brad Pitt, oh, he's so it's cool. It's hard to do like, it really well. And when I see some, like, I've certainly seen plain movies are like, oh, you're trying to do Tarantino and failing miserably. You're trying to just do these, like, aloof characters. Why is that? Why is nobody, I, I would argue Snatch is like a, Snatch, the movie. Sure. Is like a, that's a Tarantino ripoff. But that movie's fucking awesome. I mean, that was like on my short list. I, that was one of the, so sure. we've hit my top five. We've done all five for me. That was one that I like had a really hard time not including. The Snatch other one. And, and Lockstock. Tombstone um, was another one that I had a really hard time not <laughs> including in my okay. top five. But yeah, well, we can do a whole thing on honorable mentions. I, 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 I mean, there was a lot that could have made the list that didn't. Um, stuff that I was wrestling with just like days before is my turn to pick. Um, but yeah, Guy we'll, Ritchie we'll get to your like number it, one, you know. Well, Guy, yeah, we will. Guy, Guy Ritchie seems like one of those that not just not quite as good, just doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Snatch. I like Lockstock. They're not anywhere close to Pulp Fiction, but they kind of try. Um, and they're good, but they're not like all time. Like Pulp Fiction is the best cool movie of all time by far. Um, it's it's I it's great. I don't know. And I know you 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 flinch and you can't handle it. But. Well, it seems like now, like the generation of people that were like influenced by that, like they they don't make sh- shit anywhere near this good. Like there are movies that are like there's like gangster people that are like funny and how they talk to each other, and that's like where they like that's where the the comparison ends for the most part. You know, sure. It's just like these kind of movies that come out are just bad. The other thing I was gonna see, so Roger Avery, right? It, uh, we didn't have any conversation about him, who was the co-writer of the movie. Oh, see, and yeah. he won an Oscar for best screenplay with Tarantino. They won it together. And like his kind of arc as a filmmaker, I've never seen any of his movies and he's made other movies, which I should. I mean, I've, I love this. It's like my favorite movie and I've never seen any other movies by this other, like the co-writer of the movie. But, um, I don't know, it's just interesting, like, like his influence on this. I know Tarantino kind of, like, dicked him out of giving him credit so it could be, like, a film by Tar- Quentin Tarantino. So that's kind of a douchey thing to do. But they're, they're obviously, they do a podcast together. They're obviously cool with each other. Um, but it's just interesting. Oh, I, shit. Okay. Sorry. I, I got to uh, Roger Avery's Wikipedia page. Um Sorry, he got in trouble with like a drunk driving and a manslaughter charge in 2008. Um, oh, yikes! 
And he, yeah, he, I mean, he directed, I mean, the only one of these I've heard of is The Rules of Attraction, which I just have a, like a vague romantic comedy. That's the only movie he's actually directed that I've heard of. He wrote Beowulf. We talked about Robert Zemeckis last time. He wrote the Silent Hill movie, which I never watched and I never played the game and I don't know anything about her care. Um, yeah, but a lot of the stuff. Glitterati, I've never heard of. Uh, it's unreleased. That's why. Killing Zoe was the movie he did, like, yeah. kind of with Pulp Fiction. I think it, it maybe even came out before Pulp Fiction, but, like, that was, like, his, like, like I think it's similar in that sort of, like, crime-esque kind of movie. Um, that was the one that I, I was like, I need, I should check this out. But, um, yeah, it's just, so, it's just odd to me that, like, this co-writer of this movie... Like did really nothing else. I mean, uh, maybe it was they. Were, I know they were, they worked together at the the video store. That's how they knew each other and wrote kind of bits about this movie. And, and maybe that's just because he didn't have that great of an involvement in this. And Tarantino kind of let him also because they maybe kicked around ideas together. And yeah, it's a story credit is how yeah. it went down in history. So yeah, they might have been like, wouldn't this be a? I won't use the word cool. Wouldn't this be a, an interesting idea to put in the movie? Wouldn't this be a fun idea to put in the movie? What if they did this? What if this happened? I wonder, yeah. like, it'd be, it'd be interesting is, like, wh- whose idea was the, like, Ving Rhames gets raped? Like, who? Like was that Roger Avery? Was that Tarantino? Like, it would be kind of interesting to to see who, like, actually thought of that, you know? Sure. Will they ever, I mean, at this point, it's been a long time. Are they able to? Recall. Well, if they're ever it, the invitations out there, if they ever want to come on our podcast, oh my god, yes, and talk about their you know life's work, Pulp Fiction. We you know we'd love to have them. We'd love to have Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino on. Maybe someday. Yeah, someday it'll happen. Let's hold out hope. All right. Um, should we dive into our five degrees? Yeah. Let me just jump in here. Okay. Sure. So I, I, I was, I mean, there's obviously a boatload of names and there's the, the immediate connection you can make, um, big brains on Brett, um, being in field of dreams, but I wanted to find a small, so honey bunny, that's her credited name. Yolanda. I, I, I don't, I couldn't think of anything that I'd seen her in. The actress's name is Amanda Plummer. Um, so I looked at her IMDb. I can tell you right now what I've seen her in. What's that? Uh, we just watched it as a family. She's in the second Hunger Games movie. Oh, okay. Um, it's weird. She pops up in it, and she's like one of the people that have won the Hunger Games. And I'm like, hey, that's Honey Bunny. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've like, not seen any Bunny? of those movies. Are you rewatching them? Yeah, my kids like them. I mean, it's okay. I know your wife made you watch yeah. the movies. Oh, when they she came loved out. them. I remember yeah. you not liking them, and you had to uh, go see them, and you were grumpy about it. Uh, so I'm glad it's coming first full circle night to rewatch them with your kids. I'm, I'm yeah. happy for you. Um, well, on her IMDb page, she's in So I Married an Axe Murderer, uh, a movie I oh, saw okay. once and thought was really funny. Um, please, a character called Rose. I don't know. Um, I don't even remember her from it, but she's there. Um, also in So I Married an Axe Murderer is um, what's his name? Uh, he's Averman in Mighty Ducks. Uh, Matt Doherty is his name. This guy in So I Married Max, where he's the kid with the big head. Look at the huge melon on his head. 
that that's the kid that has the huge melon um, that's made fun of by Michael Myers in uh, So I Married where he's in Mighty Ducks, a great movie about the great state of Minnesota and the great sport of hockey. Um, I mean, how many times did you watch Mighty Ducks as a kid? Uh, many, very many times. Actually, I think it's the second one they were filming it. I was at uh, Hidden Falls in St. Paul, like while they were filming it. Um, so oh, I man. watched a little bit. There's like a scene where they rollerblade through the park. Yeah, it's it's a getting the gang back together. And yep. They rollerblade literally all over the Twin Cities in yep. a way that wouldn't be possible. They're like going from the Mall of America right. yeah. to like Eden Prairie or wherever the hell they're going. It's like, okay, you could not rollerblade uh, across this large area. It would take you weeks. Right. But uh, I didn't know that at the time. I just thought it was cool because they were rollerblading. It was the 90s. Oh, no. Yeah, I remember the intro to Mighty Ducks 2. Um, that's a movie I saw on the theater and blew my mind. Um, yeah, Matt Doherty is in it. Um, the evil coach of the Hawks. Uh, is Lane Smith. Is that guy's name? Oh, Francis. There it is. It's a movie called Francis, 1982. He's got a little role in Francis. Um, and Kevin Costner, a very, very young Kevin Costner, has an uncredited role as a character called Luther in this movie, Francis, which is a biographical drama, I guess, about um, Francis Farmer, uh, an actress from the 1930s um, who had some mental illness troubles. So... And Kevin Gosser, Field of Dreams. We got there in the end. All right. I I started with um, a guy by the name of Quentin Tarantino, who's an actor in this movie. Yeah. And as you mentioned, and as we talked about, he is really bad. I mean, he's bad. And from Dust Till Dawn. You, did you ever, have you ever seen From Dust Till Dawn? I saw that in the movie theater. Definitely saw that in the movie theater. That's like, oh, um, boy. Uh, you're right next to George Clooney. It does but doesn't he, help. Interestingly, you. he started like as he he tried to be an actor. Like that was what his initial like hope was, and he only fell back on like writing and directing as like a way to make money because he nobody wanted him to act. Which it makes sense. I mean, I I can't I can't fault the directors and producers of the world. So he's um, also as an actor in a movie called Sleep with Me. Have you ever heard of this movie? So it's yeah. um. It, it, the only reason anybody may have heard of this is there's the a scene where he's actually talking to my next uh, person, Todd Field, who ends up being a director. He directed the movie Tar that's nominated for Best Picture. He's nominated for Best Director now in 2023. But anyways, there's a scene where he's having a conversation with Todd Field about Top Gun and about how it's actually about, you know, homosexuality and the love between two men. And it's it's like a pretty famous, like, diatribe about what Top Gun really is. And it, it, if you Google Quentin Tarantino Top Gun or Google Quentin Tarantino Sleep With Me, like it's funny and it's kind of a fun conversation. It says a lot about like who Quentin Tarantino is. Sure, sure that just like, like... At, a, at a party would just yell at you about how Top Gun's about homosexuality. You know? And we'd be like, we know, we saw the volleyball scene, Quentin. This isn't really a, a compelling take anymore. We all get it. They had a very intense sexual bromance. Got it. Right. But so that movie's called Sleep With Me. Todd Field is in it. As I said, he's he went on to be a, a director, and uh, Tar is the movie, which I saw. I saw a l- little bit of it over the weekend. Didn't care for it. But that's you just only saw me. a little bit of it. Is this a classic? Uh, you watch ten minutes, and you're like, no. We started it very late and uh, didn't didn't make it through. But there was a little bit of that. That not for me. Anyways, Todd Field is also an actor in a movie called I'd, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, okay. He plays the the piano player guy. Nick oh, it gives him the Fidelio password. Yeah. That's him? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, there's an actor in the movie Eyes Wide Shut named Tom Cruise. You ever heard of him? 
No. Familiar with his work. Uh, no. he, he's in Born on the Fourth of July with Frank Wally, who's in Field of Dreams. Okay. Never seen Born on the Fourth of July. Have you? I haven't either. Yeah, it's I heard it's Oliver Stone's best movie. I've oh, never wow. seen it. Yeah. Okay. It's been on my list to watch as like I I should check it out. Okay. I've also heard it's like maybe Tom Cruise's best acting. So. Yeah, the, there was a period right towards the end of the '80s and then into the '90s where he's like trying to be a very serious actor. Yeah. This like period where he's like, all right, I'm gonna get my Academy Award. I'm gonna do serious dramatic roles. We're done with that now. We're just in the entertainment phase. I'm just going to replay the hits, which is fine. I mean, I'm looking forward to the next Mission Impossible movie. I think that'll be a good time. This year? It's supposed to come out this year, right? The part one, right? Isn't yeah. it two parts? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to the theater. I will have a great time watching a fun action thriller starring Tom Cruise. Uh, anyway. All, all right. right. Now your number one favorite movie of all time. Let's hear it, Ben. You got some, some trivia or we just you just going to uh, disclose maybe- it? I, I got some trivia. Um, trivia one. I'm raised on a farm. We had chickens and pigs and cows and sheep and everything. Down here, I've been lost. Now they're taking them all away from here up to that. What's the name of that place? Above here a little ways, that town? Fences with a B. That's clue one. Is it Field of Dreams? <laughs> nope. Clue two. Blue. It's Blue Hill Cemetery. I think the name of it is. Not too far, I guess. About maybe 20 miles from here. A little town there. A little place. You know where it's at, but I was really surprised when I heard they were getting rid of a cemetery over here. Uh, gonna put in buildings and something over there. It's clue two. No idea. Ah, well, I know people have been very good to me, you know. Well, they see my condition, I guess. Must felt sorry for me, but it's real, my condition. It, it is. It's not put on, that's for sure. Boy, if I could only walk, if I could only get out, drive my car, I'd get another, yeah, and my son, if he was only better to me. After I bought him that car, he's got a nice car. I bought it myself just a short time ago. I don't know. These kids, the more you do for them, he's my grandson, but I raised him from two years old. That's clue three. I Honestly, man, I, what's eating Gilbert Grape? I, I don't see him very often. He just got the car. I didn't pay for all of that. I gave him $400. Pretty good. His boss knows it. Well, he's not working for that outfit now. He's changed. He's gone back on his old job. Hauling sand. No, not hauling sand. He's working in the office. That's right. He took over the office job. His boss told me that on the phone, but you know... He should help me more. He's all I got. He's the one who brought me up here and then put me here by myself among strangers. It's terrible. You stop and think of it. I've been without so much when I first come up here. Ha! It's what half of my troubles is from, him not being home with me. Didn't cost him nothing to stay here. Every time he need money, he'd always come. Mom, can I have this? Can I have that? But he never pays back. Too good, too easy. That's what everybody tells me. That's clue four. This, are these lines from the movie? Like... I don't even yeah, understand is, what you're doing. This is all one big long monologue from the movie. Yep. Oh my god. Is it tar? I... <laughs> no, it's not tar. Um, oh, I, I, you've already completely forgotten this movie. I've told you it's my favorite movie before. Oh, oh, it's the like Gates of Heaven, Heaven's the Gate. That's okay. Gates of Heaven. Gates of it. Heaven, that's right. There's an old woman who does a monologue in the middle, and I'm she just rambles and contradicts herself, and it's just utter banal insanity. Uh, and this is your favorite movie ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, baby. G- Gates I, I of looked, Heaven. Gates of Heaven, 1978 documentary. I know you're going to hate it. It's at least short. It's only an hour and a half. So it's gutted out an hour and a half. It's not long. It's going to feel long. I'm ready for those. Boy, it's hour and a half. It felt like eight and a half. I'm ready for I, those comments. It's the coolest movie I've ever seen. Is maybe what This I'll is the say. opposite of cool. There's <laughs> nothing cool about it. This is deeply uncool. It is cool wonderfully uncool um anyway yes i'm gonna 
Uh, did you ever finish it the first time? You heard me I don't say think it, but... so. I don't think okay. so. It's fine. I know you're going to hate it. I'm prepared for your one star. It's okay. I'm trying to think if this is the same, if this is the movie I watched. Like, is it just a bunch of old people sitting on their porch being talked to or talking at a camera? Is that what it is? Is that this movie? <laughs> I can't remember if I, if I start watching, I'm like, oh, shit, this one. But I seem to remember watching something where it's just like a bunch of old people sitting on that their porch. That description is perfectly fine. Um, yeah, they're, they're all old, varying degrees of old. Um, I mean, some are probably middle-aged, but it's close enough, Eric. I think that description's fairly apt. It's people sitting in various scenarios looking at the camera and talking about very things. My favorite genre. Oh, it's, it's, you're going to hate it. I know you hate it. It's fine. I, you're, you're not going to like it. Whatever. We're talking about it. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not doing this to torture you. This is my honest favorite movie. You will know my name as the law when I lay I'm my about a glass of beer. <laughs> I know they douse it in it. I've seen them do it. All right. Thanks, everybody.